Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. So this is going to be another duo cast, a uh, midwinter check-in. We have uh, passed in bulk, and we are nearing spring. Uh, the maple trees... Are we? Are, well, <laughs> doesn't seem like it, but... It was like a blizzard today. <laughs> yeah, we had a little blizzard, and it's been really cold. Yeah, like negative 20... Yeah. Cold. But the maples will start flowing here in a couple weeks. That is true. Yeah, and that'll be amazing. Uh, but we wanted to check in because it's been about 13 episodes since our last check-in. We've had some really great ones. Yeah, like... Rosemary Gladstar. Matthew Wood. Rosita Arvigo. Wolf Dieter Storl. Sam Boney Funk again. Yeah, so and uh, many more. We should we're gonna talk a little bit more about each one of those um a little more in depth, but first, before we get into the meat of this show, we want to shout out our patrons, of course. And make sure all of you patrons know that we are doing a live stream for patrons with Kat Meyer. Next Wednesday, Wednesday the 16th. Kat's an amazing herbalist and educator. And we're going to, you know, have a normal interview with her, but give all of our patrons access to the live event and have the ability to ask questions directly to Kat. And she loves that kind of interface of having live people. So we hope you do show up. Yeah. And uh, RSVP to, uh, I sent out a. Uh, little email so rsvp please and also if uh you that's listening right now who's not a patron would like to be part of this just sign up uh the four dollar level is fine for that and we'll send you out an invitation um we do have a new uh patron rennie so uh thank you rennie for for joining the club yeah cheers and uh, we're really excited to interview Kat Meyer. Um, she has this new book out called Ener- the Energetic Herbalism. Emer- yeah, Energetic <laughs> Herbalism. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. uh, it's really, really good. Um, and it, he's kind of talking a lot about what we talk a lot about. So it's going to be it's fit, fits in perfectly with the themes of this show. And again, that's next week. Wednesday, February 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, that's that's when the live stream will be. We're going to release it the, the week after that. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to be interviewing Phyllis Delight tomorrow morning. Um, and that'll be a lot of fun. I, yeah. She's she's great. Uh, so how, how, how's, your, how's your time been since uh, November, AC? My time? Ah, well, um, it's been busy since November. We had the market season of, you know, lots of holiday market sales at the farmer's market. So I was doing lots of product making and um, things like that, shipping orders. And then January, I had a few visitors here. Right. 
Yeah, we had a full house. Which was amazing to have some of my best friends here and best dogs. There was about one million dogs here. Actually, in this I tiny think it was house. closer to two million. <laughs> there was a lot of dogs. I think <laughs> maybe two, I, two million dog hairs. It was five <laughs> at the minimum, and then sometimes there were more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was really fun, and I think spending time with my friends is really nourishing for me. So. Um, that was a nice month of January. Yeah. So, yeah, November, oh, I got my first deer. Mm -hmm. That was really, that was a big deal for me. I grew up, um, in the semi-rural, kind of like part post-industrial, part rural, part suburbs in western Pennsylvania, and a lot of my I was homeschooled until ninth grade, but then I went to high school, and a lot of those those folks, uh, you know, fellow students, started hunting when they were like eleven or nine, and so I felt like it was kind of like an initiation for me because my dad never took me out, but my grandpa hunted, so that was that was really cool. I got a got a yearling buck, which I think is kind of the best to get. Um, it's not like a, it doesn't have a huge rack, but um, that's not the point for me. Um, the point is is to good meat and to help manage the deer populations here and that's really it was really really good so yeah that was kind of like an initiatory experience <laughs> yeah absolutely and then we we Tell also about where where it was yeah yeah so we have this little strip of land it's part of the property here which is like um it's kind of fairy zone but it's also it's there's giant apple trees giant old apple trees and there's cherries and ashes. Hawthorn. Hawthorn. Ferns and uh, morels. Yeah. And it's a lovely maple. spot. And we, we've been trying to th think about what to do with it, too. Like, should we leave it and let it, let it like, turn into forest? Should we, you know, turn it into a, an apple orchard again? Like, trim all the trees and stuff? Uh, but after um, this, I realized it's perfect deer zone. So we can just take out the ash trees um, so they don't shade out the the, the, the apples and uh, clean up the apples a little bit and maybe plant some some persimmons and some uh, chestnuts and then that's our little deer area and it's a really lovely little and we can leave place. the cherries we can leave the cherries yeah yeah that was a big thing is like cutting down trees we didn't really want to do that for the first couple of years we were here unless they were like standing deads or something yeah. So we were observe. just observing and trying to, you know, feel what was right and how we could best steward the land. And so it feels good to me to not have to take out any of the cherry trees. The, yeah. The ash are going to be soon got by the ash borer. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be good, uh, good firewood and we can do some other stuff with it too. Tool handles and so on. <laughs> Uh, so that was good. And we also, we also speaking, you know, while we're on the subject of meat, we did, we, we harvested some of our geese, which was also, I mean, it's, it's always hard to, to harvest an animal. Um, but that was their, their function. And then we're relying less on the industrial system. Um, the really great thing about geese is that they eat grass. So they're kind of like the smallest cow and we, uh, they have a lot of fat. And that's a really important thing is healthy fat. 
because those seed oils are really terrible, as as we all know. You know, canola and soy and corn oil, those are... Even sunflower, sun, we just yeah, they're, were reading about. But uh, grass-fed animal fat is very, very good for you. And in, in the north, you know, it's a lot more sustainable than, like, coconut oil or something like that. You know, we have... We have the winters, so we have grass, and, and animals to eat the grass. Um, so we can rotationally graze them and help help the land uh, develop topsoil. And that's what we've been doing with the geese. And they're really, really good. They're really tasty. They're a lot of good fat, and they're a red meat, basically. Like, the breasts are like a steak with crumble. Like, if you fry the skin, it's like a duck skin on top. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy if you just served it as steak. I don't think anybody would even question at all. Like, it, it just has that color and yeah, similar um, consistency and everything like that. So it's, it was really interesting for me because I had never had goose meat before. And um, I love duck meat. I've had duck meat. And the, one of the things I like is that fatty layer on top that's kind of like bacon fat that is on top of this really you know delicious meat but the goose has that as well so it's kind of like the best part about the duck on a steak yeah it's crazy that goose fell out of fashion to be eating like to be eaten sorry because it's so good and you can raise it so easily just on grass and so you're not paying for expensive feed like we're doing so much to like keep chickens in this country like with you know, importing corn and yeah. from all over different places for the feed, and they end up being kind of expensive, you know. But the geese just they they graze, and we give them a little bit of kibble, as we call it, at night to get them in. But yeah, coops. So they work really well on like a homestead scale. Yeah. But um, I don't think they work as well on an industrial scale, and I think that's probably why they're not <laughs> one of them. Because you can just shove you know, 10,000 chickens in a barn yeah, and call it a day and call it a profit, but it's a little harder to do that with geese. Um, and they're, they're harder to pluck. That is one thing. They do have like 17 layers of feathers. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> that three. bad for yeah. how much meat you get though. Like, yeah. Realistically, because it's like several, maybe it takes you as long to do three chickens to do one goose, but you're getting about that much meat. Yeah. And also there's the down, which and the is down. really yeah, cool. Yeah, we saved really cool all the down. Yeah. And I'm thinking either a pillow or if I get enough next year, like a quilt. Yeah, quilt would be great. Uh, over, you know, save it up over the years. <laughs> yeah, maybe a enough. jacket or a vest a jacket. to start. That would be cool, yeah. <laughs> Sewing little pockets Yeah. of, of down. Mm-hmm. So apologies to all of the uh, vegetarians out there. Yeah, we uh, probably should have prefaced yeah. with that. Maybe we'll put a little mention mention there earlier yeah. but we we eat meat and I, I think that this is one of the uh more ethical ways to do it so uh i'm happy about that that we're able to able to do this um we also did you know we're still eating a lot of potatoes and other uh vegetables that we harvested though some of our produce froze on the porch and got ruined which is kind of a bummer but we had a lot of pumpkins but they all got fed to the birds and they the ones didn't mind. that rotted. Yeah, the ones that <laughs> they like froze and then then they were they started rotting immediately. So they just got all like shriveled up. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. appetizing. But uh, yeah, so we did go with that so far, and then oh, we got our greenhouse in from the USDA grant, um, which is a giant greenhouse, and so most of December we had a warm December actually. It was like yeah. in the fifties and sixties often, 
and I was hammering in <laughs> posts into the ground. <laughs> oh man, it's such a rocky ground. It was it was a lot of work. Uh, we still haven't completed it yet, but we'll be able to do it before the spring. So that'll be that'll be fun. And yeah, so, we're gonna have a greenhouse here pretty yeah, soon. That's gonna be a house. game yeah. changer. Yeah. That's really exciting. Because this is a lot colder than both of us are used to. Like, yeah, I mostly was farming in the Hudson Valley. Isaac was mostly farming in of New York. And Isaac was mostly farming in the Pittsburgh area. So, yeah, it'll help. It'll help a lot, you know, to be able to grow. Grow to have a longer, yeah. longer season. I want to grow sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Yeah, that would be great. I think we'll be able to do that. Yeah. And our uh, ashwagandha yep. will we'll be able to really get a lot bigger turmeric and ginger yeah so that's exciting mm-hmm. um maybe we should talk a little bit about some of the the episodes that we've we've had since uh since our last check-in and we had some some big names i mean rosemary gladstar we got into to interview rosemary gladstar that was amazing yeah that was incredible that's like one of those like Okay, you're you're doing good, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and it, she had she had such great things to say. I'm really glad we talked with her, and she had the time to talk with us. And I guess before that, we had Astro Herbalism with Sarah Corbett, and she's uh, just coming up um, in I think she's in like northern Georgia or western uh, North Carolina, some of the southern Appalachians. And I, I've been really interested in astro herbalism lately, and so it's good to... I just learned so much in that episode from her. It was just yeah. such a download. Like, I would love to actually go back and re-listen to it, you know, because sometimes in the moment you forget about about things, you know, when you're just in a conversation with someone. Yeah. So it's interesting to go back and listen, but yeah, she's really talented astrologist and herbalist. Yeah, seems like such a great system. And so our, our last episode was with judith hill who's a medical astrologer and herbalist and she's kind of like not quite up and coming <laughs> no, no she's, she's up up there <laughs> she's done done been yeah yeah <laughs> and been up and <laughs> she's teaching written people a lot and of written, books and yeah. has consulted for thousands of people and you know it's just doing the work and she's been an astrologer since she was four three four her <laughs> dad taught her you know as a yeah. very young age to look at charts so yeah. This is her life's work. That was so exciting for me because I've been really diving deep into her books mm-hmm. and been, you know, getting a little deeper into astrology lately in general. And uh, medical astrology just seems like such a useful, practical way to, to use astrology. And um, yeah, I, I actually I've been reading the book that she mentioned, uh, Blagrave's Physic, and it's from a uh, astrological herb doctor in um in england in the mid 1600s so this is kind of at the end of when astrology was cool it was kind of already not cool the reformation had been stamping down on it all the puritans were you know getting mad at the at the uh, anybody who wasn't a puritan <laughs> um but he was still he was still doing it, and he wrote this book, and it's an amazing Blagrave's Physic. And I really I think that anybody who is interested in herbalism and interested in um, astrology and Western, astro, uh, you know, the traditional Western herbalism, I think that's a really interesting book to 
to read. Mm-hmm. But to go back, we kind of skipped to the the last one. <laughs> but we um, after Rosemary, which I th- I think yeah, there's just so many great things that we, that were said in that. Um, we interviewed Sarah Mastros of uh, who actually you know is from Pittsburgh. So I, I never actually met her in Pittsburgh, but we kind of ran in the same circles. And her uh, in- book on incenses, big big book of magical incense, is a is a cool book. Yeah, so check out that one. It's called Big Magical Incense Energy with Sarah Mastros. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I don't know. I try to have some sort of humor sometimes with. The, um... I think it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> and then... then we talked to Joseph Lofthouse, and yeah. he's just like a super down to earth farmer, who's been, it you know farming in utah is it for yeah I his think whole life his, he's a fourth generation farmer or was it one of those utah. yeah utah and he talks about um just raising resilient plants based on finding the best seed the best the best plant that did out of all of your corn if you have one that grows super well you save the seeds from that one for that year and then start propagating and um your corn will actually become perfect for your zone in your area well, we explain it much better in the episode <laughs> well the way i understand it is like you you get genetics from all over that are still like you know good for your climate and you try you, you grow as many different kinds as you can and then from those you see what what are the best ones yeah so that's land race gardening i was kind of thinking about the story he told about his grandfather oh, his grandfather who yeah, found did... like the best strain of wheat, wheat yeah. in the whole area and was it, like now everybody grows that type of wheat because he just went out to the field and found the best plant and saved that seed yeah so that's where my mind went but it's a really cool episode yeah i i actually my mind was blown a lot by reading his book and talking with him he was so like chill too yeah he's just that's why i said down like down to earth like you can tell he works with plants and outside and nature and yeah he does a lot of yoga too i think yeah. my, my mom said this was one of her favorite episodes so shout out to mom and she's if you're... pretty critical she doesn't <laughs> love them all so <laughs> no um that's where i get my critical streak from um but the yeah the landrace gardening i such a great book it really it it showed me a, a new perspective on gardening in general and on um plant breeding and even like animal breeding, it's just so, it's so crucial, I think, at this time, um, as we're, as climates are changing, as um, a lot of the old uh, seed stocks are dying out, things get so like fossilized. This is a really great way to shake things up and to um, find out what actually works well in your climate. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, these plants then have because they have more diverse genetic makeup, they have more of an ability to uh, change and evolve with the climate as it changes too. Mm. So I think that's just a really crucial book. And um, I'm really I'm really honored we got to, to speak with Joseph. And I hope that, that you guys enjoyed that. And then we, um, then we interviewed Emma Farrell. That was I also really enjoyed this. Yeah, episode. journeys with plant spirits and psychic hygiene with Emma Farrell was the next one. Yeah, um, I I really think that yeah, like that we we talked about psychic hygiene 
That comes up a lot. Yeah. And it's just so important um, these days. Uh, You know, I I said this in the episode, but, you know, I I can, with people I know, um, you know, just in my corner of the world who I see, you know, I see a, a lot of hard times. I mean, everyone's going through a really hard time and anything you can do to help, uh, have a centered, um, grounded energy and a clear mind, clear spirit, uh, connected to divinity and to the earth. Like that is just, it's so important. important work. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So then we spoke with Rosita Arvigo and that was one of my favorites, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to read her book until after, like it arrived like the next day. Um, but, well, she has many books, but Sestoon was the one that we talked about in this episode. And that was also mind-blowing to me. Um, she, you know, her study with uh, Donnie Ligio, she studied with him for 17 years, helped, you know, uh, bring this, the... what. Well, it's like at that time, um, the traditional herb doctors, the traditional healers, were uh, being suppressed by <laughs> actually um, like uh, Protestant Christianity in that area. You know, saying like you're all devil worshippers and so on. Um, and he had actually a more syncretic Catholic uh, Mayan uh, system, um, but she helped learn that and make it cool for uh the other folks in his area his community to um to learn so like then one of his great grandchildren learned and became an apprentice um but no one apprenticed with him until he was (laughs) until you know in his 80s or 90s um but the way she describes don alijo and like he he comes through in this book so well He's like the epitome of what a traditional healer, you know, is and and has been and and could be, um, where he's able to do work with plants, work with illnesses, but also work on the spiritual level. And so, like in in the book, she talks about how there's like kind of levels of healer, and like you have the granny healer, who's like the matriarch of the family. And she heals, like, most things that can be healed in the home. And then you have, like, another level of, like, a village healer who heals things that are a little bit more tricky. And then if they can't figure it out, then they take it to somebody like Donnie Ligio, um, who can almost do anything, but also especially those things that are uh, more, uh, like, spiritual and, like, well possession that kind of thing hexes uh being able to remove those and heal people from those sorts of of uh ailments and tell when it's something physical or something spiritual like that that is to me like the epitome Mm -hmm. of 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 a healer and it really just made the picture so much clearer for me so i really recommend that book sestoon by rosita arvigo um it was kind of a ramble. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. But that was an important thing that you wanted to talk about was how 
important it is to have healers and how like through the last even just the last few episodes but throughout the life of this podcast like we've gotten a chance to talk to so many like really amazing healers of all different kinds and people doing amazing work for people and even astrology maybe they're not considered a traditional healer but they are because especially with in the medical astrology field that's pretty clear but like telling people how to navigate through their life using astrology is healing so um yeah yeah it's just during these times like any way that we can cultivate that and and support our healers i think is really important too because burnout is real yeah (laughs) and that's sort of one of the goals of this podcast is to kind of cross fertilize as much as possible yeah and help encourage uh the formation of a you know new well yeah a culture of healing at least um in in you know the united states but you know everywhere Mm. just you know doing a little little bit of of that doing what we can do and just being able to talk to all these people has been (laughs) amazing i mean the next person that we interviewed after rosita is matthew wood and (laughs) wow he's a he's a he's a living legend too yeah we got to talk to him about his new book all about the extracellular matrix and it's something that i've maybe heard about before but it's always just been glazed over in a textbook or like you know, you'll hear about, you'll hear it called interstitial fluid or, you you know, it's the extracellular matrix has always existed, but it hasn't really been on like the top of our radar. And so Matthew's book's super important for bringing this part of our bodies into, into light. Yeah. Cause it's not just a part of our bodies. It's like, it regulates all the cells. <laughs> yeah. It's like the fluid that all the cells are in, but it's more than just like a fluid. It's alive and it has it transmits messages and hormones and it just controls way more than we give it credit for and um it's super interesting to explore in depth with him yeah yeah that was that was great he's just such an inspiring teacher and he's written amazing herbals the earthwise herbals that so many herbalists depend on um so yeah that was that was another good one yeah, that was a long one too. I think we did uh, Matthew Wood was almost two hours, and then uh, the next one, Astrology of Twenty Twenty Two with Zamboni Funk was almost two hours. We like well, it long was over form. two hours. <laughs> yeah, we're old school, I guess. Well, yeah. I, I whenever I listen to podcasts, I like the longer ones. Um, a lot of them are just like twenty minutes or half hours. So sometimes I wonder if that's what people want. But if any of you have feedback on what your ultimate time for podcasts is, we always like hearing from people. So. Yeah. Us up. Well, usually if we go to two hours, we'll split it in, into two episodes and have one for the patrons and mm-hmm. then one for the uh, for the general listeners. Um, but I think that with Matthew Woods and the Astrology of 2022, is like both of them were kind of like too important. Like we wanted everyone to listen to to both. Yeah. To both to the whole thing, to be able to. So that's why I put them both out in full instead of splitting them up. But the astrology of 2022 was a lot of cool too. Zam- uh, Zamboni is a great, great, great guy. I thought, you know, I really like him, and I think he explains astrology really well. You know, I'm still learning. Um, I mean, I, I, every, everybody's still learning. Every, the master astrologers are still learning, but I'm still a newbie. <laughs> what What I like about Zamboni's teaching style and sharing style is, he, a he's like a learn as you go, and he's he knows a lot. But he's been like studying, you know, every day super 
hard, you know? So he's kind of publishing as he goes, learning and sharing, which I really like that style. And then um, he's also got a great way of explaining things in like modern terms that are just like you you feel like you're just like talking to your friend rather than like sometimes astrology books can kind of turn me off with the language of like how intense some ailment might be or you know the language is just like medieval so Zamboni you know just like makes it super accessible very fresh yeah yeah sometimes I like the old stilted language but (laughs) it's good to yeah, it's good to have the fresh. He's got a great style. So then the next one we did was uh, Ashkenazi Herbalism with Dietrich Cohen and Adam Siegel. And that also, I really enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed that book, learning about the, you know, that whole, you know, the culture and and the the skills and the, those herbalists. And it was such a cool story, too, about how Dietrich found, you know, the that, that book. And it was the key to... The, the whole history of of uh, Ashkenazi herbalism. Yeah, because there wasn't much published and uh, written about people who practice herbalism and medicine. Um, and she basically was frustrated by that lack of research and was inspired to write this book with Adam Siegel. Yeah. So that was that was a really cool. Was that the first time we interviewed two people? That was the first time I interviewed two people, I think. Episode yeah. 63. Took us 63 episodes to have two guests on. Well, it's a That's little, interesting. It's a little easier to just interview one person. Um, usually there's enough to talk about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that went pretty well. So yeah. I think we'll, we'll probably do that again. Yeah. And then Sean Dombrowski. That was really cool. I've been, you know, seeing his, his videos since I started doing permaculture, like, over 10 years ago. And... It's just been really amazing to see his channel on YouTube um, expand, and you know now he's one of the the big names in the in the permaculture scene. And you know he's it's more than permaculture, you know, like permaculture is just a good umbrella term for it. But you know, gardening this this kind of perennial gardening. And now he's uh he only lives about uh, two hours from here, so he's kind of neighbors. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So and they're th- edible acres on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great. I, I really liked nerding out on uh, persimmons and schizandra <laughs> and hand dug ponds. That was fun for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And then we had the extreme honor of interviewing Dr. Wolf Dieter Storl on culture and horticulture, was the name of the episode. Yeah, and that's the name of his first book, which he published in English. And most of his work is in German, and most of his videos are in German. If you look him up, on YouTube um, or on Facebook or whatever, most of his stuff is in German, but he has like a huge following. And it's, it was really cool that we got to interview him and be one of the few uh, places that you can you can hear him in English because he is such a wealth of information. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, he's a very warm person. Um I just, I really liked sharing space with him through the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a cool guy. It's like, he's really, you know, he's, he's, he's doing it and he's continuing to do it. He's sticking by his, his, uh, principles and living the life. Um, and as an example for all of us. And I think that's, that's really, you know, important. And at the end, it was really funny when 
he was like sharing his parting words of wisdom and advice and it was like super deep and then ollie jumps on my lap my dog and <laughs> he just <laughs> like, is like oh a dog i love dogs <laughs> and then he brings his dog in yeah. and i'm like yeah <laughs> love that yeah that was really cool mm-hmm. so our um our friend uh hannah who who interned here over the the late summer she brought this uh old tattered book culture and horticulture and was like you should read this and and it was dr wolf's dear dieter storrell's book and it, it was yeah that was really cool that um because i had heard of him before and he's written a, some really good books on ethnobotany and um like cunning folk and and the history of herbalism uh, i think i heard him first on rune soup um that's one of the other few places you can find an interview with him in english um but I had no idea he wrote this book on biodynamics, and it's really amazing because I've, I've been trying to learn a little bit more about biodynamics. Haven't wanted to take the the full step into it because I'm studying all these other things. Um, but it's a really good, you know, intro to that, and I, I, I'm excited to do more of that biodynamics stuff. Make make those uh, concoctions, mm-hmm. alchemical brews <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then uh, Rebecca Beyer. That was a great episode, too. I, all these episodes are great. I'm just... They, you know, <laughs> it's fun that we get to do this. You know, talk to all these people. But, um, yeah, that was another episode where we got to nerd out on some plants, which I always enjoy talking about. Uh, Sochan and poke and uh, all sorts of stuff. That was, yeah. that And that's, it's cool to see uh, Rebecca Beyer coming up. She, I think she's about our age and really making it happen putting out a new book you know that's such a big deal um so wishing her all the all the best and uh and then medical astrology that was our last episode that we re- released and I did, yeah i i i had i got a lot out of that just being able to talk to judith after reading all, the, all of her books I, I you know i'm still reading her books <laughs> um but yeah, I would like to study with her at some point, I think, because medical astrology just seems so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Did you have any takeaways from that? That I need to learn medical astrology <laughs> in a real way. Like I do, we do have some of her books and that's a good start. Um, and I just, I realized that I need like birthday and maybe time on my intake form. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a simple thing to do, and it's yeah. not, like, really a big deal, but with just your birthday, you can, you know, birthday and year, you can tell where what their sun is, what their moon is, where their Saturn, Mars, you know, all those, you can't see their houses or their, their ascendant, but you can tell if there are any, you know, major transits happening, mm-hmm. and, it's, you know, so that's, that's really an easy thing to do, um, but it does, you know, it does take some astrological literacy, which... You know, I've been studying this for, I get a little over a year, you know, um, seriously. And it's just, uh, <laughs> it's complicated, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a big, uh, big undertaking, but it's fun, at least for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's most of the episodes that we've, that we've done since our last check-in. And, uh, we have some really great episodes coming up. Um, but is there anything, do you have any other takeaways from the last couple months? Um, 
Well, just in like winter and in th- thoughts about winter, um, I would like to go snowboarding more. I went one time <laughs> and yeah. I like to go with people. So um, encouraging all my friends who are in New York to hit me up or anywhere really in the Northeast uh, if you're going snowboarding or skiing. Um, with all your free time, yeah. Well, I need to go at least like once or twice more this season. Otherwise, because it's like a really great outlet for me to get exercise that is much needed in the winter and relieve stress. And it's good for my mental health. Yeah. Um, So I don't do it a lot, but it is so much fun to just throw myself at top speeds down a, a mountain. Yeah, that's a little scary. <laughs> I'm not really a snowboarder. I tried doing uh, ice fishing last year and didn't really work <laughs> out. Didn't catch anything. Uh, this year, my my I, I think I, we were at, okay. So I was gonna do like uh, cross country skiing. I don't really want to do downhill stuff. Um, I like my brain in my in my head instead of like on the floor or on on the mountainside. <laughs> don't like getting all bruised and stuff Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i think my winter sport of choice is going to be reading um Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's yeah i've got like a whole bunch of books uh i still uh want to read by springtime so i'm just gonna buckle down and on that (laughs) (laughs) that's good isaac yeah uh okay well I guess that's most of the things we wanted to talk about. Just to do a little review, reflection on the last few months. And just remember, if you want to be part of the live uh, stream next week, the 16th of February, 2022, um, you know, become a patron and RSVP to us. Uh, Yeah. So that's, that's about it. Any parting words? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that, that everyone's getting a good rest if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and a good summer if you're in the Southern <laughs> and a good whatever you guys do in the in the equator. <laughs> Just have eternal summer or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty wintry here. Whatever you all are doing there. Um, Okay, well, cheerio, and uh, until next time.